0: Live from the ESPN 690 and Ajara Levine Studios, this is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
1: You know, it's the conditions that we played in, and uh, both teams had to play in it. It's not anything I'm not used to growing up, you know, in the Northwest, uh, playing a cold, windy game. So I don't think it was a, was a huge factor. You got to go out and, and execute no matter what the conditions are.
0: Um guessing that's Jake Luton. Yep. I'm trying it. to get I to try to get used to that voice. <laughs> Jags played well. Hey, uh I wanna one more thought on the Jags for now. Well, many of thoughts on the Jags. Uh but just get back to it for a bit. We we're talking about Keelan Cole and good conversation going on about Keelan Cole. And uh Dilla actually just brought up Keenan McCardell and, and that relationship, that could be important for a guy like Keelan Cole, and I agree with that. I, I don't know what's going to happen in the off season. I think there's going to be sweeping changes. I would love for whoever if, if there is a change, whoever comes in here to keep Keenan McCardell. I think he's oh, done a fantastic yeah. I think he's done a fantastic job. I think he's I think he's good. I think he's a, maybe a star in, in the coaching ranks. And it would be nice to see him stay. I, I think it's a little bit early and premature for that comment conversation, but just because his name got brought up, it, it made me think of that a little bit.
1: No, without a doubt. And, like, listen, anytime that you bring a new regime in, whether it's in college or in the pros, it always helps to kind of at least maintain one guy that was on the old regime. Because, like, we always talk about the players, right? Like, you want to have those bridge guys in when you're trying to tear everything down. You still have to have the bridge guys there to kind of show the way a little bit of what it means, you know, to be part of that team. Um, I think the same thing could be said about coaching, where if you're coaches, you try to tear it all down. It's important to keep a guy from the old uh, regime just so it's like, hey, how do things get done here? Um, you know, they have experience obviously coaching the team and just, you know, the, it, it kind of just, it's kind of like a confidant at the end of the day. Um, so I absolutely agree with you. I think that they should keep him.
0: But hey, uh, how about this? Um, one other note on the Jags, I, I I mentioned a couple of seconds ago going to break, James Robinson, man. I, I just think it's worth bringing him up all the time. But you can't go past the Jags game without bringing up James Robinson. He's now fifth in the NFL in rushing. 689 yards this year, and that goes with a couple hundred other yards uh from receiving. He had two touchdowns called back yesterday, and he's behind Derrick Henry, and he's not going to catch Derrick. He's behind Dalvin Cook, and I don't think he's going to catch Dalvin. And by the way, Dalvin's done it in seven games. Mm -hmm. Ronald Jones, he's played an extra game, and he's 40 yards ahead of uh, James Robinson. So he'll catch him next week. I'm assuming Tampa has a bye this week. Uh, Josh Jacobs is just 11 yards ahead. I mean, and and he's ahead of guys like Kareem Hunt and Kenyon Drake and Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Turd, Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott and James Conner. How about this, your guy, Kyler Murray is eighth in the NFL in rushing. <sighs> <laughs> That's
1: unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I mean, Brian. I mean, what, what are you doing, man? Like. Did you want me to start going off on another no. long rant about him again? No. Well, then don't give me the ammunition, man. I'm trying to help you out today. Well, I'm just
0: saying that that's for tomorrow. Year, when they move him to running back next year, don't be surprised.
1: Hey, all I'm gonna say is sleep good tonight, okay, because 'Cause you got a big day tomorrow. All right. The all I'm question,
0: say. question I have out there right now, uh, and let's talk a little bit about the Gators and Kyle Trask, because Sean just asked the question, you know, do you stay away from the Gators? And I disagree with that, okay? I, if you have a good Florida Gator, you have a forward it's the player. It's not the school. These guys don't look at that. I, I think you, you put them on a board, and you don't put the Gator head next to the name on the board. Sure. And so, but Kyle Trask, specifically for the Jaguars, I don't know where he's going to go in the draft. Uh, I've been saying this for the last month or so when asked this question, is I don't know in today's game if his style is going to drive him up boards, even though his play is, and I don't think you can dismiss it. But like they were making this reference the other night, I think it was Dan Orlovsky. Is he Dak Prescott just because he worked with Dan Mullen? And and that's a fair question. And Prescott was a fourth round pick. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott has a is a strong, strong leader. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's. I don't know enough about Trask, I, and I'm not saying we knew that about Dak Prescott at the time. What we have is we found out about that, right? Yeah. And so he's a super leader uh, of men, and and they follow him, and he's he's a physical runner when he needs. He's not an electric runner, but he can mm-hmm. run when he and get away from things. And he's obviously matured in a nice situation. So, I, I, Trask might be that guy. Yeah. He, he, you know, you don't do what he's doing by accident. Guy's putting on a show. So I don't know where he fits in the NFL, Austin, Um, but I'll say this. I'm starting to wonder if he fits as the best quarterback of the 2020 season in college football.
1: I mean, in terms of numbers, you know, that's uh, it's definitely justified. I'm going to say that in terms of what type of NFL quarterback is he going to be? I mean, that's. That's the million-dollar question with Kyle Trask. And listen, I mean, this guy, When we're we're still pretty early uh, in the season here, but, I mean, let's say this this guy is in the running for the Heisman Trophy. You know, let, let's say he's getting all the accolades, getting all the attention. Well, then you can't really deny that type of guy. The only question I, I'm going to bring up is, and listen, this is what I've noticed, um, with the Florida Gators so far. And let's be honest, one of the best offenses in the entire country. Now, you know how I feel about it. I think Alabama's a notch above. You disagree with me. But needless to say, they're one of the best offenses in the country. But when the play breaks down a little bit, you know, and let's be honest, in the NFL there's a lot of great pass rushers out there. So when, when the play breaks down a little bit, what does Kyle Trash, uh, what does Kyle Trash show you? And I think that, like you said, in terms of mobility, like, yeah, he, he can run. And, and, you know, I mean, any quarterback these days can get out of the pocket, let's be honest. But I think that you have to ask yourself, is is his mobility actually a little detriment where, sure, he can get out of the pocket, but can he extend the plays? Like, it's one thing if he's got two reads he's got to go over. Uh, he's got the wide receivers. He's got Kyle Pitts when he's healthy. And everything's hunky-dory. But it's another thing, when you don't have those guys, when the pocket breaks down, and now you have to create a play with creativity and your legs. And I'm not sure if Kyle Trask is to that point quite yet.
0: Yeah, I'm, I have a hard time with this one, too, because I don't want to take anything away from the young man. It's a phenomenal story. I love his story about commitment, perseverance, believing in yourself, getting the most out of your opportunity, all those things. Dan Mullen talked about that this weekend, and I'm, I'm right there with Mullen on that. I think... Listen, I mean, if you have kids, you show the Trask story. You show the Mac Jones story. You show those guys. I mean, it's unbelievable. It, it, it's really an amazing thing what he's doing this year. I, I, but I do say, like, Dan Mullen's very good with offense. He's very good with quarterbacks. He gets the most out of quarterbacks. He has proven that. Uh, You know, Mullen has some things that might drive you nuts a little bit. and We talk about those things. Yeah. But he is damn good at calling plays and making the best out of an offense. Uh he can make some chicken salad out of you know what now. And, and and when he doesn't when he has more than you know what, that chicken salad is really good. Listen and, and right now that thing is that thing is good. Uh, that's a best-selling chicken salad right now the Florida Gators are, are dishing out.
1: Without a doubt, and it, I think it begs the question even going forward now in the next couple of years, like if Dan Mullen can keep sustaining this type of offense, right, because it's an offensive-driven league right now in the NFL, I seriously wonder if he starts getting suitors to come coach in the NFL.
0: He will. Yeah. He will. But so, I, I just don't I don't like that
1: fit either. No, Go for ahead. sure. So with Kyle Trask, you know, and I've watched a couple of Florida Gators games, And to me, he reminds me of a guy, and I follow this guy a little bit because, well, he played in the same conference as I did back in college, and that's Eastern Illinois, the, the, the Panthers, if you will, and by the way. Got nothing but disrespect for the Panthers, and I mean with all due respect, but forget the Eastern Illinois Panthers. They were sponsored by New Balance, by the way. When I was playing, <laughs> uh, seriously, no, I'm not, hey, I'm not even, right, I'm not even exaggerating. What, like, what college football team is sponsored by New Balance? Regardless of that, though, Jimmy Garoppolo. Right where Jimmy Garoppolo, um, he had the arm talent. You know, he's from a smaller school. Keep in mind, he's not playing the SEC. But I think it's a guy where if you give him the right system, sure, he, he can shine and he can be successful. But you don't think of mobility with Jimmy Garoppolo. You, you think of kind of like a steady rock, I think, a little bit when he's firing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you sense any kind of Jimmy Garoppolo vibes with Kyle Trask?
0: Ah, that's a good call. I, I don't. Think of him well, and in th- that sense.
1: Keep, keep in mind, though, like you have to take away the Jimmy Garoppolo in San Fran, and this is more of like the college yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, which you probably haven't seen a lot of.
0: Nah, it's a good call. Yeah. By the way, it's Tony Romo Eastern Illinois guy
1: too? Correct. Yeah, yeah, nice call. Great. Nice call. Um,
0: I don't know, man. I don't yeah, know. I don't yeah. know if I could fully answer that question. I'd yeah. probably be making something up if I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an interesting comp. I'll go back and check it out. Yeah. I, I, I don't. It's it's a weird thing, right? They put up a, a stat during the Saturday night, the Gators game. And it was touchdown passes, I think, through five games, I think was the stat, and whatever he's at now, 28 mm-hmm. or 29. And Tua was in that, like, he had broken that record, and Joe Burrow. And I just can't help but look at it and be like, my gosh, the game has changed this much, this much. The SEC has changed this much, <laughs> you know, in, 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 in a handful of years. Because... All these guys are from the last three years, setting records. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. They cannot be stopped offensively. Like you cannot stop them. And and I know everybody's talking about Ford, and they should. Everybody's talking about Kyle Trask, and they should. And the Heisman push. And is he, again, I think he might be the best quarterback in the country this year. Trevor Lawrence has missed a couple of games. You know, Justin Fields only played three games. The best sample size I have is Mac Jones and and Kyle Trask. And Kyle Trask, I think, is even playing better than Mac Jones. I, I do. I mean, you can't do more than Kyle. How do you play better? No, it's, <laughs> and he's playing. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's unbelievable what they are doing. You can't stop it. But I'll also bring up this: I watched the Ole Miss game the other night. You couldn't stop that either. Mm-hmm. Matt Corral. I mean, Will Muschamp's a defensive guy, and I know he's now on his way out, and that's a part of the reason. Yeah. You couldn't stop it. No. You can't stop good offense in the college game. And right now, Mullen is so good at calling plays, and so is Lane Kiffin, by the way. deserves a lot of credit for the way he calls plays. Matt Corral is dealing. Kyle Trask is dealing. Mm -hmm. We know what Sarkeesian and Mac Jones have done. Uh, We usually see it from Trevor Lawrence and Dabo and and, uh, Ryan Day and, and Justin Fields. I mean, these offenses are so good at what they do with a very good quarterback engineering. And, and it's almost like I don't know how good they are projecting them forward, Austin, <laughs> yeah. because I feel like the the uh, partnership between coach and quarterback is so good that what's going to happen when you break away from that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good call. And listen, it's, it's been definitely a, a weird uh, year in terms of how the game of college football is being played. And I think like it's interesting, right? Because you talk about Alabama, we talk about Florida, we talk about Ole Miss. Like, yeah, there's a lot of great offenses this year, right? Like BYU, great offense. Indiana, pretty good offense. Miami, great offense. But like to me, Ohio State, great offense. But like, and I think Ohio State's in the category too as well. But like to me, like Alabama, Ohio State, Florida, and Ole Miss. Like every time they're on the field, they're gonna score. Like if they don't score a touchdown. That's like a disservice. That's like a loss for them. Like yeah. that. That's where we're at right now in this game, which is insane to think about. But it's the truth. So, I don't know if it's going to sustain after this year. Um, I don't know what you do to combat it. Like at the end of the day, it's pretty obvious. You know, like when you have three or four receivers on the field, those receivers, those skill position guys, their talent right now, for whatever reason, is outweighing the you know the defensive backs' talent, and that's evident. Now, whether that's because defensive guys haven't played together a lot, because the you know the, the pandemic and they haven't had time the time, whatever the reason may be, um, it's definitely an outlier season. And I, it just begs the question, can they sustain this? Yeah,
0: I'm not sure it's as much an outlier of just the way the game has gone. And until they change rules or, or make it, you know, listen, they just have continually stripped down defenses. Yeah. Can't do this. Can't do this. Can't do this. You hit them True. hard, you're getting ejected. It's mm-hmm. targeting. It's the, you know, Listen, player safety is important, and and here's the thing: I catch myself doing this because I go back and I'm looking, I'm like, this is out of control, this is insane. I, I went back and added up all the points in the game Saturday, every college football game. That that uh, at least when the time I did it, it was like 11:30 at night, and so there were still a couple of games still being played or the ends of game, so the numbers were even higher. But I, I counted up, uh, gosh, what was it? I wanted to say there were 40, I think like. Something like, maybe it was 50, it was 2,500 points. So, however much that divided by however many games were played, mm-hmm. it equaled 58 points combined in the games. So, on average on Saturday, there were, f- the, the over-under was 58 and like a half. That wow. was the average. That was even like the Indiana <laughs> game mixed in, that was 24 nothing. Yeah. You know, so the average, I mean, there were some games that went 112 points. Yeah, combined. I mean, and not just one. There were multiple games like that. So it's the way the game is. But here's where here's where the catch 22 is for me. I don't it sounds like I'm complaining about it. I don't think I'm necessarily complaining about it. I just think it's so different and I'm pointing it out. But you know what games I was flipping back and forth between Saturday night? What's that? That one in Ole Miss. Yeah. I was watching Ole Miss. Play South Carolina. <laughs> Why the hell do I care about Ole Miss and South Carolina? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. But I was entertained by Lane Kiffin's offense. You know, it was backyard football, man, and it's fun. Like we used to play it. Like we used to when I did play video games. You, you what were the more fun games to play? Seventeen fourteen or sixty three to sixty one? That's a good point. Right. So I mean, it's the world we're living in. It's it's okay. I actually find myself enjoying it. I just. But it also is like, do we give these folks just this and put them on a pedestal for this unbelievable offense, or do we just say, hey, this is the way the game is played now? It's it's like what I say about the NBA. There's 500 guys in the NBA that average 16 points a game. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make you great in the NBA if you score 18
1: points. It makes you an NBA player. <laughs> well, no, l- listen, and, and I knew this season – was going to be different when I watched that Ole Miss-Alabama game. And yeah, and I get it. Alabama has kind of changed the narrative and changed the identity to a more offensive-driven team, putting up points. But come on, man. It's still Alabama. It's still Nick Saban. Like, you have to have some kind of pride on defense. Well, they really didn't when they played Ole Miss because it was literally back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now, I get what you're saying, man. And for the most part, I agree with you. But you know how I feel about it, right? I'm a defensive guy, and shame on you. Shame on you for watching that old Miss-South Carolina game. Shame on you for watching the Florida-Arkansas um, game and not even flicking on that Wisconsin-Badger-Michigan-Wolverine game because if you need a palate cleanser on how to play defense, if you need a palate cleanser of what college football is supposed to be, watch Wisconsin-Badgers, please.
0: <laughs> how about that?
1: I mean, come on, Brent. Come on now. I, I, might mean, have, yeah.
0: I might have had Mertz in a little over-under... Uh, prize picks, yeah, uh, yeah. and you look up and you've got 49 points, and the guy threw for
1: like 100
2: yards.
1: (laughs) I mean, listen, that's your mistake, though, because why? Because you didn't ask me about that one, right? You should have asked me, because you let one game kind of influence you a little bit against the Illinois Fighting Illini. It's not even the Fighting Illini anymore, it's just the, eh, the Illini. They're not fighting anything. So with that being said, you let one game influence your decision. And listen, I was scared, too. All of a sudden, Graham Mertz throwing five touchdowns his first game. I'm like, what happened to my meat and potato Wisconsin Badgers who like to pound the rock and play great defense? Well, we saw that take place against the Michigan Wolverines. Hey, Wisconsin fans, no need to panic. They're still running the ball. They're still going to use two fullbacks every once in a while. It's going to be okay.
0: (laughs) Okay, and since we're here, and we'll probably talk about it more as the week goes along, I mean, have you ever – I'm sure we have, right? Florida's been down. Yeah. Uh, Miami's been down. Florida State is down. But Michigan – I mean, they thought they were pretty good, you know.
1: No, I I hear you. And, by the
0: way, Penn State, they thought they might be very good. (laughs) For sure. I mean, Penn State and Michigan, what an embarrassment. You know, James Franklin has gone from maybe a candidate to move to the NFL Mm -hmm. to now in a month – like, oh, boy. Yeah. I, and Harbaugh's always Harbaugh, Harbaugh's always getting criticized anyway until he beats Ohio State. Yeah. But, I mean, now we might be talking about them parting ways sooner than later.
1: No, without a doubt. And, and listen, I, I'm kind of putting it in an awkward situation here because, yes, obviously I root for the Wisconsin Badgers. And, yeah, I thought the Badgers were going to deal with Michigan pretty pretty handily. But, like, I'm not going to get ahead of myself here. Like, yeah, it was a great win for Wisconsin. It was a great showcase, yada, yada, yada. But, I I mean, Michigan is bad. And, like, to me, it, and with all due respect to Coach Tuck out there, you know, M- Mel Tucker at Michigan State, you know, Michigan State put it on him a little bit. And you see how Michigan State's doing this year. Yes. Okay? They're Have struggling. they they've, I don't think they've scored in another game. Exactly. So, with that being said, and Michigan State put it on Michigan, I mean, I didn't see it coming. Um, is Michigan going to play Ohio State this year still? Do we know that?
0: I think that's in. I think that's
1: still in the cards. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, listen, get the family and kids away from the TV people in Michigan because you don't want to watch that Ohio State game. Talk about one of the biggest rivalries in college football, and you're taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes and Justin Fields where every single game is a showcase for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Come on, man. Like, listen, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Harbaugh, but, and I'm not sure what kind of excuse you can use for the pandemic this year, but. I think if we expect the Ohio State game to go the way we think it's going to go, I think you, you might see Jim Harbaugh out of there, man.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I think that, that'll be the they might that'll maybe, be the nail in the coffin. Yeah, listen, he's got a huge contract, all that stuff. But, yeah. you know, South Carolina, which we're going to get into this tomorrow a little bit, just not time today, about the optics of doing that and these big buyouts at this time in the pandemic, especially when we're ramping back up to whatever this pandemic may lead us. Uh, but, I mean, I just can't get over the fact that – Again, I just I just tweeted it too, and I said it. Florida's been down, but when Florida was down, we were shocked that it went to four and eight, and yeah. then, but then they were like, everybody's was like, well, they ain't gonna be that good there this year either. Florida State, it's like it's shocking that it's gotten to this point, but nobody in Tallahassee or beyond thought Florida State would be that good this year. So this is no longer as surprising. It's surprising they're in here. It's surprising they're down to the depths they are. But it's not surprising that here in 2020, they're not very good. Michigan and Penn State thought they were going to be good. We all did. At least I did. Thought I, had, be good. I had Penn State in the Final Four. <laughs> and look at them. I mean, I, I, that is just that is unbelievable that when you think you're going to be good and you become this, and you're at those schools. I mean, again, to become this is devastating at one of these programs. To think you might be good and become this in that year is like whoa,
1: baby. Let me go and ask you this. Bigger disappointment this year. Penn State, Nittany Lions, Michigan Wolverines, or the LSU Tigers?
0: You said Penn State, Michigan, or LSU? Yeah. Well, first of all, remove LSU. LSU is highly disappointing. They're probably the worst team in the SEC in my opinion. Sure. worse than Vanderbilt. But they lost everybody. Like, if you put it in context, they lost their entire football team.
1: They're still the defending national champions, I understand.
0: And that is, again, in the landscape of it all, it's like, holy cow, man, right? Yeah. But it's Michigan by far.
2: Okay.
0: Well, I shouldn't say by far. I just think Michigan because it's louder with Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. And and it was already loud enough because he can't beat his rivals. And he can't beat anybody that's good. You know... Franklin has earned a little bit of equity now because he's had some good seasons. But even this is, like, mind-boggling. So I think to answer your question, it's Michigan.
1: Well, listen, and by the way, what year are we in where we're all getting looking forward to, hey, Indiana, Ohio State? Can't wait for that barn burner.
0: Are you you, kidding me? They're good. Uh, Part of my give-me-one-thing this weekend as well. Coming up next, uh, the Masters. And we're not going to really talk from a golf perspective, from an overall sports perspective. once you in the discussion. Come back next on ESPN 690.
1: Austin Lane. Are we on right now or not? Like our screen? I guess we're good.
0: Brent Martineau. Yeah, you got to okay. go all the way. Yeah, we're back. Thanks for your concern. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
1: I definitely wouldn't believe you or wouldn't believe myself. Um, you know, it's it's a dream come true. It's, you know, it's, as a kid, you know, always dreamed about, you know, being a master's champion. It's, okay. hard. it's hard to talk. You've earned this right. But, you know, it's, you know, it's just incredible, obviously, as you can tell. Hey, I had a lot of dreams as a kid. Not one of them was winning the master's championship. I see you, Dustin Johnson.
0: You know everybody says that about dreams.
1: <laughs> What's that?
0: Like you know, everybody does say that. Like I had a dream to 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 win the Masters. I had a dream to play for the Red Sox. I had a, like I honestly like if I was there right now, right? Okay. If I'm playing big league baseball, and so and and somebody's like, eh, and I'd probably say like, oh yeah, I dripped like this as a kid. But I can't recall dreaming any of that as a kid, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. That's my point.
1: Well, I'm saying, I mean, obviously, you're, you're the avid golfer, but you, you never had a dream one time to put on that green jacket and...
0: I wasn't an avid golfer as a kid. No? I mean, no. not really? I mean, Golf wasn't even... I mean, I watched it, but I watched as much tennis as I watched golf.
1: Huh,
0: okay. Uh, and I played basketball and, and baseball. Um, so my guess is... I, I pretended to be Larry Bird. I was going to say, Larry winner.
1: Bird comments, yeah. Uh,
0: You know, but that was in my driveway. Like, I never, I guess I guess Doing I just, layups
1: in the driveway like well, Larry Bird.
0: I, I guess there's just this reality that I knew I'd never make it, so I never dreamt it. <laughs> <laughs> You're a realist, Brent. Yeah. I respect that. Now, hey, I'm not going to lie to you. This is going to sound corny and dumb and all the rest. Yeah. I dreamed a hell of a lot more of doing this. Yeah. Then I did about playing. Ooh,
1: I mean, I mean, hey, we, we have the audio to prove that. We have you when you were a kid That's doing right. this thing. So I respect it. <laughs> Listen, I mean, uh, in a especially even nowadays, man, like in a world where it's like, hey, pursue your dreams, follow your dreams. If you believe it, you can achieve it. We have the realist in Brent Martin where it's like, you know what, man? I'm a little too short to play this basketball thing. I'm going to do sports radio instead. Yeah, well, I respect, I respect that. Well, I'm
0: and I, re- I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm not calling Dustin Johnson a liar. I think he's all in golf, and I think you do practice that putt, and yeah. you say this is to win the Masters and, and all, whatever. Uh, to be honest with you, the one thing I did when I was like 20-something, when I got into golf a little bit more in my mid-20s, I'm like, I want to get good enough to I can qualify for the U.S. Open as a senior when I turn 50. <laughs> because, you know, U.S. Open, like anybody can qualify. Really? Yeah, if you well, if you have a certain like well, yeah. uh, handicap. But I'm saying but like
1: in. even if you're not necessarily like a, like a like a known pro, that's right. if you start with a couple good rounds, you're good to go. Well,
0: that's why. By the way, how about the shout out to Josh Scobie today here in, in the office? But Scobie has tried many times to qualify for the US Open, not the senior one, but the US Open. Okay. And so the US Open and the senior open, they work that way where you could try to qualify as an amateur. Um and so I said that I remember saying that I was like I'm going to get good enough at golf so I can <laughs> and That hasn't happened, and that is not trending in a good direction. Um, by the age of of fifty, so
1: well, let me go and ask you this, Brent: what uh, what constitutes qualifying for the senior open? Like, how old do you have to be for that? Fifty you have to be fifty. Fifty, okay. Fifty or older, okay. Yeah, so, like, and and 50, obviously, you can be over fifty but still play in the regular PJ tour as well. You can, yeah. okay. And
0: gotcha. that's why, like Mickelson, right now, Jim Furyk, those guys are bouncing back and forth, okay, um, on the tour. You know, but to that point. I have that, like, it was probably a couple years ago, you know, like, uh, let's see, Ty is 15, and maybe he was like 13 years old, and I was like, so what do you guys, like, what do you want to do? Like, Kaylee, I think's pretty confident she wants to be a teacher, like her mom. Cool. I'm like, you know, Ty likes sports and stuff, but yeah, I don't think he wants to do it. I, I can't get him in front of a microphone. <laughs> um, he'd be better at this than me. Sure. Uh, if he'd talk in front of uh, at a microphone, but he he not not want to, uh, and so I, I remember asking him a couple years back, I'm like, so, well, what do you want to do, man? What are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to play baseball.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? Hey. So I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Let's go hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I like that. I, I don't know if he still feels that way. Sure. Um, but he like, working like it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he does. He puts a lot of work into it. And it's it's interesting, you know, down here, I think that's a little bit more prominent and prevalent because you see guys... You know, so many good players, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of like that in golf. You know, if I was a golfer growing up down here, you'd be like, oh, wow. I mean, I can match up with that guy, that guy, that guy. There's so many good golfers. So anyway, that's a roundabout way to get to the Masters. And Dustin Johnson wins. And I I said this at the beginning of the show. I love the Masters. I love golf. But that was a boring Sunday at the Masters. I mean, it really was. And, And that's a credit to Dustin Johnson. You know, Cameron Smith, if you really like golf, he's a Jacksonville Beach resident. He's from Australia, but he lives in Jack's Beach. And he made two of the most incredible shots I think you'll see on a Sunday at Augusta. Mm-hmm. And nobody will ever talk about it. Seventh hole, ninth hole, out of the woods, stuffed it and, and made birdie while he was in contention to make a little bit of run. But nobody was getting excited about Cameron Smith making a run at Dustin Johnson. The problem with Sunday is Justin Thomas, John Rahm. Even Rory, those kind of guys, they didn't make this massive push up the leaderboard to be like, uh-oh, here they come. Dustin, look at the leaderboard. It never happened, never materialized. So I thought it was a pretty boring Sunday. The whole thing was fantastic, but I thought it was a boring Sunday. Dustin Johnson's an interesting guy because he is ultra-talented. Mm-hmm. He's also, like, ultra-boring. Like, he is very bo- like, He He shows no personality. That moment where he is crying right there? Yeah is an unbelievable sign of vulnerability that we have never seen from Justin uh, Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Like, never, ever seen it. He's won a lot of big events, big tournaments. He's had catastrophic events happen to him at at tournaments. And I don't – he just – it's like, does this guy have a pulse? Yeah. Like, he's that kind of guy. (laughs) And so um, to see that emotion shows you how much it meant to him to win that event. And so I take it here. Austin, mm-hmm. this is what I thought of. I hear this all the time. Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, uh Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Bubba Watson. Guys that some are, are just really genuine guys. Other guys are not really that genuine all the time. Okay. And yet they talk about this golf tournament like it's the holy grail of holy grails. Like it is definitely the tournament, especially once they've won. That trip up Magnolia Lane. I mean, there is just something that that makes all these guys nostalgic, emotional, and vulnerable that they don't usually show anywhere else on the planet when they're playing. Mm. And my takeaway this weekend as I continued to watch that was, I don't know if there is an event in sports that means more to an athlete than the Masters means to a golfer. Ooh. Wow. I I don't know. Now listen, we can go. We can pick a lot of them. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Indy Five Hundred to a to a, uh, an, a racer. Oh, without is, a doubt, is unbelievable, right?
1: Um, Daytona to a NASCAR driver. Well, I don't even. I don't think that would fit. Interesting. Okay. I don't think. I think it fits for some. Like, I think the closest one
0: for Daytona would, would be Dale Jr. Because of his his dad, even before he passed at the track, but then after he passed at the track. Um, I'm not gonna say it's not it. I just wonder if that's too close to home, so we say that's it. Mm. Uh, because here's the deal, too. It might mean a lot to Dale Jr., but I don't know if it means, like, the entire world to Jimmy Johnson. You know? Um, the Super Bowl, obviously everybody's chasing the Super Bowl, but you know what? There's a lot of guys that don't win it and still go to the Hall of Fame and say, I had an unbelievable career. Yeah, And it wouldn't change. We always have, we have that conversation sometimes. Would you change the Hall of Fame career for the Super Bowl? Hmm. Uh, a lot of guys would say no to that, by the way. Correct. Um,
1: I mean, obviously, you make an argument for the Olympics, right? Because, I mean, you have world championships. You have all this stuff. You have collegiate championships, depending on the sport. But it's all about the Olympics, right? It's all about winning that gold medal.
0: I think the Olympics came to mind for me. Mm-hmm. The Olympics was one that was like, that might that might do it, mm-hmm. right? What I think you have to get away from, and, and this is where I'm at, and I might be wrong, but I don't know if the team sports and the championships in team sports necessarily have the same just kind of pull and tug like the Masters has on a golfer or... You know, maybe it's the French Open for Nadal, you know. Or well, I was going to
1: say yeah, yeah that's players. what I was going to say is But I don't know if Team
0: Sports do it because again, Team Sports it's like sometimes you were a big part of it, sometimes you weren't. Yeah, you appreciate the rings, no doubt about it. But was I a big part of that? Right? Yeah. Again, would you trade a 10-year career making hundreds of millions of dollars and and going to Canton, Ohio to trade that ring in? I think some would say yes.
1: Brent, let me ask you this one. What about the Heisman Trophy? Because we think about, like, listen, like, MVP awards and all this stuff. Like Every single sport now, there's, like, a ceremony, right? They give out the MVP award. Yeah. But, like, the Heisman Trophy has always kind of been in the upper echelon, right? It's yes, the it ceremony. It's four guys in New York, I think, or five guys, whatever it is. And, you know, they, they speak on behalf of the players. And then the guy gives his speech. Like, to me, there's still a lot of pomp and circumstance revolving around the Heisman Trophy. No, I I'm not saying it's the Masters. I'm just saying it's up there.
0: No, I think it's a good call. What? Here's the thing. I love the Heisman Trophy, sir. like as a kid, and even in my early adult age, I yeah. loved it. it. It's it's lost its luster a bit with me. That's just me. I'm not the athlete. Um, I wonder if it's still what it was. Now I give a uh, like Nissan, and and whatever the commercial campaign has done a fantastic job of kind of bringing it back to like an important relevance, mm-hmm. you know, because of the commercials. Like they've really done a good job with that campaign. Yep. But I think the one part about it, man, that's hard to say is, like, if Kyle Trask were to win the Heisman Trophy, it would be very emotional. It would be unbelievable. But I think he'd still rather win a national championship. Hmm. I think he'd still rather be a top-five draft pick or a first-round draft pick than win those things. I don't know for these golfers if there's an event they would rather win than the Masters. It's a good call. Some will say the U.S. Open. Um, But I think that green jacket means so much... To these guys, to most players, more than anything, I think they would trade five. I think Dustin Johnson would trade five wins for that green jacket.
1: Brett, let me ask this before we, uh, you know, to take a break here. So, like Dustin Johnson, obviously put on a, a master class performance, shot um, twenty under, you know, and then beat the guy in second place by fifth, uh, by five strokes. Like it was a dominating performance. And we sit here and say, "Eh, it was kind of boring on Sunday, right? Because there's no drama, I guess. And I mean, I'm not sure what the consensus is, but I feel like no one's talking about Dustin Johnson right now. But how do we live in a world where if Russell Wilson throws seven touchdowns, well, we're going to celebrate that. We're going to talk about that. If Kyle Murray throws, you know, six touchdowns, we'll talk about that. Dustin Johnson comes out and absolutely dominates. And are we really talking about it?
0: No, but again, I think it's his personality. I really, mean, he, he's a boring superstar. Hmm. And, and and by the way, that's okay. I'm not being critical of him. He's just kind of a boring superstar. Huh? I mean, that's what he is. You know, yeah. um, we and we, if it's not Tiger, if it's not one of these young guns, we're probably not raving about it. You sure. Know? Uh, I I just now people in the golf world are raving about it. The guy's an extreme talent. He's unbelievable. He put on a show. Played unbelievable golf so they're talking about it, but I don't think the outside world listen, the outside world is on Monday morning at the water cooler is talking more about Tigers 10 on the 12th hole <laughs> than they are about Dustin Johnson going 20 under at
1: Augusta. Well, keep in mind, too, the outside go against the NFL, and, you know, Kyler Murray had something to say about it, so <laughs> it is what it is. Uh,
0: of course. Give me one thing when we come back and it can't be Kyler Murray. That's next on ESPN <laughs> 690.
1: You know, the play was uh, designed for me to get out left. They had a guy containing um, had to make him miss, and then you know, as funny as it sounds, I felt like you know it was the only person I saw down there was Hop. <laughs> um, you know, let it go, let him give it, uh, give him a chance. And you know, it's funny, everybody always always black gloves arising. You know, from the from everybody, it was like what, it was a group of four people, and all they saw was black gloves. So uh, I'm just glad he caught the ball. A wordsmith, a quarterback, a once in a generational type player. Don't worry, are you Brent. Doing, Those goosebumps. No more mentions of that guy. Those Brent. Those goosebumps will go away. Don't worry. And I'm like, I'm like, you know how we do on this show, Tuesdays. It's gonna be our quarterback grade day, and we we both have to get some sleep tonight because it's gonna be a big, big, big day tomorrow. Okay. Do I know Brent? What?
0: I'm not mentioning so, his name. I said his names can't be mentioned here in the, in hey, the last thing.
1: That's fine, man. I'll say Kyle Murray, Kyle Murray, Kyle Murray all day, man. I mean, we
0: it's did all enough, good.
1: We did enough for our
0: friends in the desert today.
1: Hey, let's go ahead and end this show like we started. Kyle Murray, Kyle Murray, Kyle Murray. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's see. We have, uh, by the way, Jags Report Live coming up tonight, 7 o'clock on Fox 30. Our Athlete of the Week poll will be out after 40,000-plus votes last week. Mm. Check it out at ESPN690.com. Congratulations to Emma Grimm from Fleming Island for having a lot of friends. Uh, who voted for that's her. That's awesome. And uh, Live Local Loud coming up next. FSU Coaches Show tonight at 9 o'clock. We didn't talk much Florida State. We will. Uh, listen, come on. There's really not a lot to talk about.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I, did like really. the
0: fa- I did like Purdy, the fact they played know. Trevor Purdy. Yeah. And he looked a little better as the game went along. Um, well. They, but they, listen. Florida State fans, basketball season is almost here.
1: Exactly. But Brent, let's <laughs> be honest. Yeah. They, they, they played Trevor Purdy, and that's good going forward. But why did they play Trevor Purdy? Like, what's up with Jordan Travis?
0: Yeah, we got, uh, yeah, I mean, what's up with everybody at Florida yeah. State? You know, I mean, uh, with all the stuff going on there last week, it, it was pretty interesting. All right, uh, how about a little gibby one thing from the
1: weekend? Oh, am I going first, or do you want to go first? Yeah, uh, go first. Go all ahead. right, so then, NXO released their, uh, Reverse retro jerseys, and it's kind of like the past takes on the present. And everyone, like every one of the NHL teams has a really cool jersey. Like the the uh, the Kings have like Lakers colors now. It's cool. Um, the, the the Wild went with like, like the old uh, Minnesota North Stars colors, and it's great. The Detroit Red Wings. I'm not sure how this meeting went down. Hey, let's take our standard jersey and make it into a practice jersey. It's the worst I've ever seen, and I'm bummed out. I'm, I'm so bummed out. Like, literally, all they changed was instead of having red stripes, boom, gray stripes. 250 bucks spend it right now. Go and get it. You're going to buy because you're a Wings fan. It is what it is.
0: Uh, I'm looking at the jerseys. Yeah. And
1: Oh, and by the way, shout out to everybody uh, RFR fans in Quebec right now because they're riding. Because the Avalanche retro ones, it's the... Quebec Nordiques, Nordiques? Yes. logo which obviously if you're a, you know if you're a fan of Quebec uh, you're not liking that. that that's that's kind of a punch in the face to you guys.
0: You know what's funny is I can't even make out all the teams like what they are. Yeah. cuz some of them are so off.
1: Well, there's the the sword one is the Las Vegas Knights. That one I got a little confused with. It's where it's like two swords.
0: I think that you know what the one looks the coolest to me like but I'm trying to see what it is is the uh uh, oh, it is. It's it is. It's the uh, tribute to the uh, Mighty Ducks.
1: Oh, see, that one's a little too aggressive for my liking. Like, I, I get it. You went above and beyond. I got to give a shout-out, and listen, no one cares about this team, and, and I'm the first to uh, attest to this. The Florida Panthers. I dig it. I kind of want one. Have you seen the Florida Panthers one, Brent? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, Florida Panthers. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that man.
2: That's a good look. You can yeah. tell the Flyers really stepped out of their comfort zone. I know. could kind of change in the <laughs> sleeve.
1: could kind of change in the sleeves a little bit. But it's like I said, the wings literally just change the red stripe to a gray stripe. Yeah, and then they had like that. They had that stupid video where it's like we represent. You know, it's like the hype video. We're representing tradition here. The the gray is supposed to mean back yeah. in the. get out of here. You didn't do anything. Yeah.
0: By <laughs> not, the way. The- the penguins aren't too far off from that too. That's <laughs> a good point. And but the Bruins, are, I, it looks like like the original six was like, screw this thing, we ain't doing this. <laughs> We're not
1: doing this. We got too much pride.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Montreal. Yeah. I mean, the original six basically said we ain't doing. It. I mean, yeah. well, that's because that is them. Like, what do they have retro?
1: Uh, that's so a good point. That's right. A good point. That's a good point.
0: <laughs> I mean, so I guess in fairness, they really had nowhere to go.
1: Yeah, but what would you say? What? Wh- which one's your favorite one? I'm going the Kings. I think either I, the Kings or the Wild.
0: I actually like the Ducks. Okay. There. Okay. Um. Eh, you know, Nashville's isn't bad either. That's your opinion. <laughs> Yellow's a tough one to win. It is
1: a tough one to win. Absolutely. I think
0: even the Rangers isn't bad. I mean, it's okay. No, I mean the, the Rangers. You know, I'm i reminded a little bit of like the old school Wayne Gretzky
1: type years. Um, I, I understand that one.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, Mike. Give me one thing. I was going all over the place here. I haven't watched more TV. In my life than I watched this weekend. Okay, I, which was weird. So I was going to do that, but I was like, yeah, whatever. You know what I I thought was awesome, and this guy's doing an amazing job. And my buddy's a big fan of the Hoosiers, and he says Tom Allen is the perfect guy for that program. And did you see the moment where his son got hurt?
1: I did. Yeah,
0: and I, I just thought that was pretty, uh, pretty you know, tough guy football coach yep. took a moment to be a dad on the field. And uh, that guy seems like he's doing everything right right now for Indiana. You know, here's the thing about Indiana too. Does any like I'm sure some a lot of people don't like Indiana basketball. Does sure. anybody not like Indiana football? Like how many people are rooting for Indiana this week against Ohio State?
1: It's a good call.
0: I think a lot. It's a great call. Yeah. Now they're three touchdown underdogs. I
1: don't but, know if they can pull it off. But. Yeah, but you never know. But like listen, like you know how you kinda of circle those games when the, the, the season starts? Who circled Indiana Ohio State? Honestly.
0: <laughs> it's a wacky year. It, it, uh, is college game going to be there or not? Are they going to be at the Oklahoma State? Oh, uh,
1: Oklahoma. I, I didn't see. They probably. might be there.
0: I didn't see where they Unbelievable. They're going. They won't be in Tallahassee for the Clemson game. I can promise you that. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Hey, Live Local Louds coming up next. Uh, that will do it here on a Monday. Had a lot of fun. We'll get back at it tomorrow as well. Action Sports jacks on ESPN 690. We'll see you on TV tonight, 7 o'clock, Fox 30 for Jags Report Live.
2: The Seminoles are here. Don't send him out Good shot again.
1: Walker has gone crazy. Bulls win, Bulls win it all. The ACC championship of the regular season. The reigning ACC
2: champions look to defend their title in 2021.
1: Puts up the triple. Good
2: the action all season
0: long right here on your radio home of the Seminoles.
1: Hear FSU basketball on ESPN 690. Thanks to Donato's Pizza, where every piece is important.